Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Here's one of the things I want people to remember that gets lost in all of our discussions about crime. The United States Constitution and our entire legal system is basically a gentleman's agreement. In other words, you and I agree to stay out of each other's business. I won't infringe on you. You won't infringe on me. And But we have a set of laws, just basic agreements that this is how we will conduct ourselves in American society. I won't break into your house. You won't break into my house. I won't jump in front of your car to protest something. And if I'm walking across the street legally, you won't run me over. It's all a gentleman and gentle ladies agreement. We are losing that in this country. At the same time, we are losing record number of law enforcement officers who are here to enforce that gentleman's agreement. That's where things turn chaotic. Well, and not just losing numbers. We're losing the actual power that they have. And it's interesting when you look at leftists, and it doesn't matter if it's a politician or George Soros or anybody else, they operate with all these negative emotions, fear and anger, but when they, but especially fear. And I think anxiety and COVID was a huge part of that. They used all this fear to control the population. And they're using that same tactic against law enforcement officers because especially these real leftist DAs, they're saying, I will prosecute you if you arrest somebody that I don't want you to arrest. And it's kind of like that. What did you call it? It's not... Uh, Procedural justice. Procedural justice. Man, I'm going to have to really research that one because... You'll be astounded. Well, I just... When you said that and you started describing it, I'm like, man, there's just like light bulbs going off in my head. I'm like, that makes so much sense as to what has been happening and why certain politicians especially have been putting out certain laws and policies, I guess. And yeah, that procedural justice thing. And so any cop that would go against that, then they're in fear of prosecution. So when a police officer is on the street and they hesitate to arrest somebody and they'll let somebody go, well, that guy just goes down the street a couple blocks and then commits a major crime. Absolutely. We call it deep policing. That is exactly what has been happening since the death of George Floyd is police officers are not as aggressive in what we're doing. And in places like New York, for example, they brought deep policing to a whole new level, getting rid of stop, identify and frisk. In the city of Chicago, if you do stop and identify, you have to fill out this whole long form on your computer with all this intrusive information So then again, that was the law that was begun by Barack Obama so that those statistics can be used to prove that police officers are to prove that police officers are racist. So this de-policing combined with de-prosecution, the de-prosecution of real criminals by these woke DAs, again, is why we have these record crime rates. Homicide, people like to talk about, well, homicide's down. It's down about 1.4% 
from 2020 when it was what, the highest since our crime wave of the 90s. Everybody loves to play with statistics. Sexual assault is up. Carjackings in most urban areas are through the roof. And it's sad because I meet so many people who they're just afraid to leave their homes. They're afraid to go uh, into cities where they would have gone to a play or to a new restaurant or something. They just don't. They'll leave their homes. They stay in their little urban area or their little suburban area. What do you think that does for the economy of these cities? It's tragic. Oh, yeah. But again, it's kind of a reverse way of using fear. If you cause enough chaos, you create enough fear that people will stop doing what they normally do. And then they're controllable. And anyway, yeah, it just drives me crazy. Well, the last thing I think I want to talk about is this kind of ties into the way so many Americans are just kind of like, I don't want to say clueless. I think most Americans kind of understand. Yeah, most people at least watch the news occasionally and they see what is going on and yet they don't really do anything even stand up and say anything about it well when you combine all of that with the open borders but i think the fentanyl and the drug trafficking and all of the potential terrorists that are coming across the country on a national scale that you see what do you think is going to be the effect of that in the next year like we're basically by the time this airs we'll be in 2023 what do you think 2023 and 2024 is going to be like based on what is happening right now if we do not get a handle on the porous nature of our southern border we are going to have first of all we're going to have an infiltration of MS-13 and other criminal terrorists into this country. And these are vicious street gangs that are coming into this country. We already have 32,000 different street gangs, not gang members, 32,000 different street gangs in this country alone. More are coming over the southern border. And so when so many of these, especially military-aged men who are very often, they are criminals, they are prisoners that have been released. Some of these dictators are releasing their prisoners, sending them to the United States. We're going to have those people involved in criminal activity. We have had well over 100,000 people die of fentanyl overdoses in this country, and that is going to continue to rise because the amount of fentanyl, remember, the components come from China, they get put together in Mexico and then they come over the southern border. And that fentanyl goes everywhere in the United States and it's extraordinary dangerous. We're going to have that. We're also going to see a change in the political landscape because I believe that there's a portion of the political left that is going to want to make sure that every one of these illegal immigrants that is infiltrating our country. They're going to want them to vote. That's what we're seeing here in Arizona and in other border states. And so that is going to change the political landscape of this country. And the Republicans, if they don't get a handle on this, they're never going to win another election. So there are so many. It's also going to change the way that our schools operate. I mean, you talk to teachers who are trying to teach in so many of our schools with kids that are speaking 70, 80, 90 different languages. They don't even have the language resources. 
And so what's going to happen to our education system is there's going to be so much focus on these migrant children that other children are going to get lost in the process. So there's so many different tentacles to this open border situation that we have on the United States and our politicians on both sides need to get a better handle on it and stop worrying about Ukraine's borders and other borders. We And you look at the omnibus bill, there are multiple countries where we are sending tens of millions of dollars to them to help secure their borders while we leave our own wide open. Well, I think it's even worse than that. I was reading a little bit about this omnibus bill and it, oh, what it, boy, if there could be any shame in Washington, D.C., they would just be, they should be so embarrassed about this thing. There's specific language in that bill that says we cannot use this funding for our own border. Hey, I'm like, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You can't use 1.7 tri- any portion of this 1.7 trillion toward our own border. The biggest reason I bring that up is because I don't think a lot of us understand how impactful all of these occurrences, like I said, most of us, we don't see it every day. We don't see the crime. We're getting in our cars and uh, driving to work and driving our kids to school. And for the most part, most Americans, I think, are just, yeah, you know what? There's inflation going on, but we'll just figure it out with our next home equity loan and we'll be able to just cruise on to the next year and we'll, everything will be fine. And in the meantime, literally the foundation of the country is crumbling. And I just, I appreciate people like you that are out there that have this megaphone and you're constantly sounding it. And hopefully we'll wake up and we'll actually do something about it. But if we don't, then we deserve what we get. Well, and I think organizations like the National Police Association and podcasts like yours are doing everything we can to inform people, to wake them up, and to get them involved. Yeah. Well, so on that note, what would you recommend people do? A couple of things. First of all, I would recommend everybody get involved in your local politics. Know what your elected leaders are doing, and if they're not doing what you want them to do, let them know. You can make a phone call. You can write an email. That's one of the most powerful things people can do in this country is talk to their elected leadership. You can also, to support your American law enforcement, you can go to nationalpolice.org. We have everything from a thank you note program where you can download and print out thank you notes to take to your local police department. We have radio and TV public service announcements. You can see, you can read. We have hundreds of articles on our website. We have tons of videos, including the MPA report. That's all on our website. And you can do so many different things, including donate to us to support American law enforcement and the job the 750,000 police officers are trying to do to keep America safe. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I need to send you a pair of our MVAC DNA socks. Oh, they, these things are awesome. They're, in fact, I'm thinking about to even starting some kind of a national campaign on those. But yeah, DNA socks, man. I, I, if you see any of my posts on LinkedIn, uh, they're on there and uh, people are just like, well, those are the coolest socks I've ever seen. But I mean, not that a donating socks is more important than getting involved with a, with a school board, but the, 
Little things actually matter. Taking lunch to your local police department, just telling them thank you. I don't know if you remember, but last time we talked, we talked about that hashtag posible and posting pictures of your local police and some of the awesome things that they do. But it's as a whole, people have to understand you cannot afford to not be involved at some level. And find people that have your values and support them. Encourage them to run for office. Get them to uh, help you in food drives and and things that that you can serve your community. And you have to get outside of your own little bubble and do something because otherwise we're going to be in trouble. And I think it took a few years to really recognize what the Beer Summit did back in, what, 2014? kind of how that was instigated and then how it's kind of gradually increased ever since then. And it's going to reach a point where something major is going to happen. I'm a military guy. I don't have a police background, but from a military strategic standpoint, if I was the commander of some military force in Venezuela or some other country, and I wanted to collapse the most powerful country in the world, having guys like George Soros would be strategically critical and how he got into the United States, I don't know. But also, if you have a chance to send people and some of your troops across the border and they can just walk across the border, and I guarantee a lot of them, if they don't have drugs, they have weapons. There's $85 billion worth of weaponry in Afghanistan. If the people don't understand how much of that has actually made its way across our southern border, they're insane. So it's coming. And I I hope we never have another 9-11, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Exactly. You cannot have a free society with borders that are totally open. You're not a sovereign nation if your borders are open to anyone. And we are constantly, the United States, working around the world to secure other people's borders while leaving our own wide open. I don't, it doesn't matter what the Biden administration says. I live 80 miles from the southern border. It's wide open. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it's not just good people coming across here that want a better life. There are all sorts of people that just hate everything about us. They hate our freedom. They hate our ability to have our own home and be able to drive state to state whenever we want. They hate it all. They hate everything about the freedoms that we love and enjoy. And they will do whatever they have to do to collapse it and take those freedoms away. So, well, Betsy, it's been an absolute pleasure. And one one more time, tell us how we can get a hold of you. What's your website? So go to nationalpolice.org. You'll immediately get me and our show and our articles and all the legal filings that we get involved in and some fantastic articles by our team of writers. We have a terrific presence on Twitter and on Facebook where you can read about all kinds of law enforcement issues. And you can follow me on Twitter at SGT Sergeant Betsy Smith if you want to engage. Which is how I contacted you. So, yes, awesome. Some of your tweets are hilarious. I love them. So, yes, you do. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming on. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. We appreciate everything that you do as well. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. 
hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.